dear friends, today is the day that the clown cried. And he cries not for the passing of one man, but for the death of a dream. The dream that he would someday taste the ultimate victory over his hated enemy. Perhaps with a cyanide pie in the face, or an exploding whoopee cushion playfully planted in the Batmobile. But those dreams were dashed by the weaselly little Gunsel sitting there in our midst. This mound of diseased hyena filth who's not fit to lick the dirt from my spats! But I digress. The time for sorrow has passed. It's time to look to a future filled with smiles. And I'll be smiling again just as soon as we take that man there and slap him in that box there, and roll him into that vat of acid there! Well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? Hunter, would you like to begin the episode? Do the honors. Would you like to do the honors? <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NYC Actors Talk Batman, everybody. Welcome back. We are talking about the Batman animated series today, aren't we, Nick? Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> that was iconic. It needs work. It needs work. <laughs> Why? I thought that was good. I thought it was perfect. That was pretty good. I... Um. So yeah, we're talking about the Batman animated series today. Uh, we covered. Um. Well, we covered Adam West. We covered uh, the Michael Keaton movies. We covered Val Kilmer. We covered George Clooney, and now the Batman animated series. Kevin Conroy's Batman. Uh. So this was a big show for the time. Uh, it came out, what, like 92? 92, yeah. 92. It was like just after uh, Batman and Batman Returns? Yeah. yeah. So the, they were obviously smash hits. And so it was like, oh, for, you know, for like, I don't know. What, where, where did it originally air? Like Fox? Well, on the WB. On the WB. Of course. Well, you wouldn't know. You probably watched it. I like, did. Uh, I, I watched it live. Amazing. So, like, you know, it was like, oh, like, this Batman craze is, like, you know, really strong. We should make an animated series, you know, for kids. You know, like, even though kids can watch Batman and Batman Returns, you know, it, it'd be cool to have something, you know, on television, you know, because, hmm. we, you know, we want to keep Batman in the cultural, in the culture's consciousness, you know. So that's kind of how it spawned, how it started. From just that idea of like, oh, well, they should make a show too, you know, for, for kids. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of just go around as kind of like our overall thoughts on just this show and like uh, as, a, as a whole. And then we'll talk about like specific like voice performances and then episodes and then the movie Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, so uh, Xander, uh, you grew up with this show and, and watched it. So uh, what are your thoughts on the show itself? Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm Xander Kozak. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Wait, 
<laughs> we have a special guest, by the way, and his name is Xander Kozak. It is? Oh, <laughs> is it? I thought it was the Joker. <laughs> I don't know who either of those people are. <laughs> no, but uh, welcome, sorry, yes. Welcome to the show, Xander. It's, a, it's an honor to have you back. Yes, I, I was uh, uh, lucky enough to uh, join these two handsome fellows uh, talking about Stripes in the John Candy series. <laughs> Because uh, I'm a I'm a military expert, so I, I wanted to bring my expertise to that film. And uh, I am I'm a self-proclaimed Batman expert myself. A uh, little fun little fun story here, just to just start things off. Um, my, I was five years old when my brother was born in the in the mid '90s, and uh, I was in the hospital when he was born, and I was very insistent on wearing my Batman the Animated Series pajamas as my brother was uh, yes. coming into this world. So. <clears throat> Yes, that's that's my that's my grandest point of pride. <laughs> Amazing, um, that's awesome. I'm 31 years old. I I grew up with the show. I watched it live all the time. I yeah. Uh, I I put the Batcave action set on my Christmas list as a child. I saw yes. the film Mask of the Phantasm in the theaters. Ah. My, my parents took me to see that, so I, I'm one of the lucky few who got to see that. Um, it's, it's incredibly iconic. Uh, I thought, uh, Bruce, Tim did an amazing job with, with the concept. Um, the concept art is what really, really did it for the producers. They saw the vision that he had for it and, uh, they brought it to life, um, after the success of, of Tiny Toon Adventures because, uh, Bruce Tim worked on that That's as well. That's right. Fun fact, in, in the, in the first episode, Scarecrow appears, there's a security guard reading a Tiny Toons comic book. That's right. I did notice <laughs> that. I was like, oh, he's reading Tiny Toons. <laughs> How cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super fun. There's little Easter eggs all, uh, all throughout the show. And I also really love just the, the feel, the look of the show. It reminds me of like, uh, movies like Metropolis or, or the books of Ayn Rand, um, one thing, uh, every time I play Bioshock, I think of Gotham City from this show. And the designs look very similar, I think. Uh, such a, a unique vision of the future. I think the way cars are designed, the way buildings are designed, it's so so very unique. And, uh, yeah, it has that kind of timeless quality to it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Rocketeer, I think. Uh, I, mm. I, I'm, I'm often reminded yeah. of, of the Rocketeer when I watch Batman the Animated Series, which is such an underrated classic. For sure, for sure. Um, so I knew of the show and I watched some episodes, but I, I didn't really grow up watching it per se. I always knew it existed, but I never really watched it. I think cause it was like, it just seems like, I don't know, like not for me, like just like adult, like not for kids per se. Mm-hmm. And so I, I never really watched it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I, I watched some episodes, uh, the past, I don't know, 10 or so years. And then I, I finally watched a lot of the episodes of the series we're going to talk about like specific episodes of the series and the movie as, as I mentioned, but yeah, it, um, I watched like 50 or so episodes. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I always knew this, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty definitive, you know, Batman show. I mean, I, I love a lot about it. I mean, as I mentioned, Hunter, I mean, this is kind of my definitive Batman of like ever of all mm. time. And, uh, because and we'll get into it a lot more but because he's not just a murderer and he's not just like cool and edgy you know and 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 as much as i liked some uh you know the the michael keaton movies i even said in those episodes that's not really batman though 
I, I, I even though I like the performance and I think Michael Keaton's doing a great job, I don't think they got Batman right. And mm. I, I, I think that, you know, they, they, they forgot to put the man in Batman. And, uh, and I think with these episodes, these stories and the movie, uh, they definitely did that. They put the man back in Batman. And, uh, and I love Kevin Conroy and all the voice performances, timeless quality, as you said, Xander, the visuals are outstanding. Uh, some episodes look better than others, but as a whole, um, it, it, it looks great and timeless. Um, it, 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 you could kind of close your eyes and just listen to the voices and you would get exactly what they're doing. That's mm -hmm. how good, like the voice work is. And, and that's how good, like, but also when you open your eyes, it's beautiful, you know, like the animation is great. And it just goes to show like animation, like can be accessible for kids, but it doesn't have to be like dumbed down. It doesn't have to be just like, I don't know, kitty yes. and like safe. Exactly. And, and I think with shows like this, like it really like, I don't know, proves that like we can do serious, beautiful, tragic stories in animation with one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic superhero of all time. And so I, I love the show, uh, you know, so not every episode hits, obviously, but but the ones that do, it's some of my favorite Batman stuff of all time. So that that's how I feel about the show overall. Hunter LaSalle? Yeah, um, I'd never seen this. Uh, I, I think I've heard about it, but like I never had watched it or even like had an interest or like a thought to watch it before we did or started this miniseries. And yeah, dude, I mean, I, I will say like the the episodes that you picked out for us to watch and the movie and like and just strictly talking about the TV show right now it's cinematic as all hell like it it really it's larger than life and it's beautiful and i i think again i love michael keaton as batman like that that's my batman you know what i mean but there's something about this where they just they get something right in a different way. So I, I agree with you. Like this is so like this Bruce Wayne is like, Oh, like uh, uh, specifically the episode that we watched where like it, like him being Batman was like all a dream or whatever. Yeah. And, like, the wait, dream. yeah like that yeah, episode is like a dream scenario where it's like, Oh, what if he wasn't Batman? What if his yeah. parents were still alive and he was married to Selena Kyle and everything? Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, Oh, it's like it it's so heartbreaking. And a lot of these episodes are, are very heartbreaking. And that's why I'm I'm very surprised that like cause it, it is like a kid's show, I guess, but I don't know. It's very adult too. Like mm -hmm. it deals with a lot of adult themes very well, mind you. Very well, where it's accessible for kids as well. But like it kept me engaged, which I have a hard time, I think, getting engaged with animated shows. But this this does it. So like I, I'd recommend this to to anybody not even like strictly batman fans you know what i mean because me i'm very casual as far as batman goes um now i feel like i'm becoming a little bit of an expert but uh <laughs> there you are you're <laughs> welcome like, i'm very casual superhero and batman fan and this was keeping my attention and i was like oh my like and we'll talk about it that two-face episode <laughs> damn we'll, we'll talk about it we'll talk oh about man it. it was like fucked up <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my initial thoughts for the, the TV show. Yeah. So obviously, as we mentioned, Kevin Conroy voices Batman. Mm -hmm. He, um, he's been playing him for decades. Oh, yeah. uh, like it, he's still voicing Batman to this day. It's, it's over 30 years at this point. Um, 
like all those voices were so iconic they brought them back for the arkham series video games that's right and we're not going to talk like specifically about the arkham games but i do want to mention that those arkham games are kind of the reason i i started loving batman because of those games and i was like oh kevin Con like who's this voice like oh mark hamill he's he was luke skywalker and yes. so like that was kind of the start for me uh for my appreciation and love for the character and, and the world of batman for sure so you you guys are both actors so you'll you'll enjoy this story oh we're nyc actors talk film we're nyc actors baby yeah we're <laughs> nyc act i at one point was an actor myself uh <laughs> so the uh, the role of batman uh, over 500 actors submitted for that role only 200 were seen or, or um reviewed for uh for consideration and the producers liked none of them and then <laughs> Mm -hmm. Another producer suggested her friend Kevin Conroy, who uh -huh. had never done voiceover before, and he comes in and nails this audition on the first try. So, Batman was his first voiceover audition ever, uh, which which is really frustrating, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, Imagine you do your first ever voiceover audition yeah. and you got it, and now you're Batman for but, thirty years. Yeah. yeah, for many years. Yeah. Like if he didn't get it, it would you know we wouldn't have him, the ability to miss him as that voice. But I don't think the show would have worked quite as well because that his voice is just so perfectly smooth and and cool, and he's got that amazing balance between <clears throat> between Bruce Wayne, where he's just he's just over here, he's talking so so casually to everybody, so he's so charming, he's so nice, and Bruce Wayne now he's down here, he's Batman, and he's. He's got that perfect balance. It, it's it, it a lot of times feels like it's two different people, even though the voice shift is so um, subtle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I just as you said, Xander, he's the definitive Batman voice for me. Anytime I'm reading a comic book, I I hear his voice. Yeah. Um. Anytime he says anything, I'm like, yeah, that's how Batman would say that. You know, <laughs> like it's really that good. And I, you know, I think he'll always be at least vocally you know just the ultimate batman voice because yeah what you touched on with bruce wayne and batman obviously we don't get to see a lot of bruce wayne sometimes in the show and and the movie well there's a lot of bruce wayne in the movie and we'll talk about that but um but like you know yeah like it's it's different but it's not so different that it's like a completely different thing like almost like it's not like clark kent and superman where it's like clark kent is like this really you know, nerdy, like, you know, clumsy guy. And then Superman's really stoic and, and moral and everything. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very, it's, it's more subtle in, in that way where, yeah. I mean like the, yeah, what you said, like it's pitched up a bit and then like it's pitched down all the way down for, for Batman. But it seems, but it sounds like a regular guy though. It doesn't sound like hockey pads, you know, it doesn't sound like Christian Bale and we'll talk about Christian Bale next episode. But like, you know, what I like about his voice is that he's not trying to act scary. He just is. Like his voice <laughs> is just that scary and intimidating because it's it, it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful baritone voice. It's it's charming. It's scary. It's funny. Sometimes he has some very funny lines, and he's mm -hmm. very clever, um, and very uh, and he's he's very moral, but but once again, he's very flawed, um, and he's uh, also very um. I, I don't know. He's, he's just a, a very charismatic and, and open guy. Like he, even though he's very dark and tortured, like he'll have moments of sincerity, it, you know, it just in his voice, you know, where like he'll, he will try to reach out to you, even the villains. He'll try to save the villains too. And I think that's, that's why I love Batman. 
I don't love Batman because he's like cool and edgy and kills people. I love him because like he tries to save the villains too. And I, and, and that's something that was, is always a part of the character. And I think with like Batman, Batman returns and like BVS and all these other movies, it's like, people think like, Oh, well he kills, right? Like that's what he does. Like he's an edgy, cool guy when that's not really who Batman is. And this show and the movie shows like, no, this is who Batman is. everything I just mentioned. So I love, Kevin Conroy as Batman. Yeah. So, something, um, I think the episode that encapsulates or encapsulates that the most uh, is that Two-Face episode where it's like, oh, like I didn't realize that like, like they were friends. You know what I mean? Like they were, like I, I don't think the Christian Bale ones really do that. Like I think it's no, like a No, rivalry. I mean they know each other and they're friendly, but yeah, it's not like, oh, he's my friend. I like to think Christian Bale was doing his impression of the Batman animated series Toothpaste in the Dark Knight. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. That's how I like to think of it. <laughs> interesting, interesting. But yeah. anyway, Hunter. I think it's iconic. Like, yeah, like Nick, I, I'd have to agree. Like if I ever read a Batman comic, like his voice, I would hear that. You know what I mean? Other than I'm Batman. <sighs> Which is like right. I don't know how I'm gonna feel about it. <laughs> well see, it's gonna be interesting now to go to those movies, you know, and be like, yeah. you know, is this is this actually that good? And it, I, I think they well we'll see. No, I'm not even gonna say it. Yeah, I, I, I remember liking them a lot. No, That's same, all. same. But then again, I didn't have the source material. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't I didn't know what Batman was supposed to be or what they were trying to do. You know what I mean? So right. That's why doing this stuff is so interesting, you know, because like, yeah. well, do I like it now that I have some uh, some context? But yeah, it really treated the kids like adults. It, uh, it, it didn't dumb it down for the kids. It uh, treated them like smart adults who could handle this kind of subject matter and think about it later in life and come back to it later in life. Absolutely. Let's talk about Mark Hamill's Joker, because originally Tim Curry voiced him. Yeah. And then uh, Mark Hamill had to come in and, and like redub those lines. Right. Well, Hamill sought out the show right he wanted to be part of the show because he was such a huge batman fan but he didn't think that the fans would buy luke skywalker as the joker so he auditioned for clayface and in the clayface Mm. audition the joker laugh was born and they were like "Eh, hang on a second there mr hamill will you please read the joker sides and uh they they offered it to him he was very reluctant but he took the job anyway, and um, I think it's I think it's a huge turning point for Mark Hamill yeah. because um, Batman and the Animated Series started before the Star Wars prequels. I don't want to get super far off topic, but it started before the Star Please Wars don't. prequels, <laughs> and um, I think that's where Star Wars's fan base started to become really toxic. At least that's where it started. At least. Started to become toxic, and I feel as though if Mark Hamill didn't have the Joker and the incredibly warm embrace of the Batman fan base, then he may have taken a different outlook on his career in later years and not taken a part in in Star Wars projects or been offered other projects. I, I feel as though Star Wars, um, uh, sorry, Batman was a huge boost for his mental state and um and, and I'm, I'm thankful for it i'm basing this just off of my own theories i'm not basing it off of anything mark hamill has said but i i that's that's how i feel and um yeah he's uh, i think the joker is probably my favorite fictional character across different um different mediums 
it's up there with probably the most iconic voice performances of all time with with Robin Williams as the genie, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's my that's my thought. Yeah, um I've always loved Mark Hamill's Joker and I still do after watching all these uh episodes in the movie. It's uh it's the definitive Joker voice too. I mean like as I just said with Kevin Conroy, I when I hear or when I see the Joker, I I imagine that he talks like Mark Hamill does in the in the show in in the movie and uh it's just one of my favorite vocal performances like ever i mean and and part of the reason why joker is one of my favorite characters of all time is because and and you touched on so much great stuff xander but yeah i mean he it's different than something like jack nicholson where he's great and all but he's kind of playing just like jack Jack. nicholson he's just jack Mm. And like, you know, with other iterations like that we'll talk about, like Heath Ledger, for example, is great in its own way. But this is just like classic Joker. This is just like the Joker you you expect, that you want, that you need, baby. And and it's just great. I mean, like, I, I he's genuinely funny. It's like he says genuinely clever stuff. And that's obviously due to the writing, especially like Paul Dini. I'll talk specifically about like his writing and everything uh-huh. later. But like... But like, you know, just everything he says, like, you know, is just like, even if you're not like laughing out loud, you're like, oh, that's so clever. That's such a clever thing to Mm. say at that point. You know, it's just perfect. And uh, something I really want to touch on is that he's sporadic. He 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 turns on a dime so quickly. And that's why I love him, too. That's something I noticed while watching like the episodes in the movie and everything that he he'll like laugh and be like joyful and and laugh hysterically and just like be absolutely nuts and and funny and crazy and everything and then he'll turn so quickly and be so angry at you you know like why did you do that and then he'll turn again Mm -hmm. why are you doing that without me (laughs) you know like that like it's such an it's such a great like back and forth because that's the joker for me he's unpredictable that's why he's so fascinating because you you will never know exactly what he's thinking. Maybe he's doing that joke and and he doesn't even like he's just doing a bit. But maybe that was his plan all along. You know, maybe like he meant to do that and you know like he he has so many like contingency plans and everything like or in a lot of ways maybe he doesn't have a plan at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the whole point is that maybe he just wants to see Batman suffer and he'll just find whatever crazy ways to do that. And that's what I love about the Joker is that like, yeah, he, he, he turns on a dime. He's funny. He's scary. He's still scary. Even though he, it's a cartoon and everything, he's still very scary. And even though, you know, in the show, they don't really kill people, which is like a little, my only little gripe. And I get why they, they can't kill people because it's on, you know, it's a children's television show. But, but, you know, he would, you know, he can, you know what I mean? Even if you don't see it, you know, oh, he's. He has and he will again. <laughs> yeah. But uh but yeah, so I, I love Mark Hamill as the Joker. He's uh just his vocal delivery of lines is like over the top, but you never you're never like, oh that's too much. Because it's the Joker. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of the few characters like there's almost a purpose in him being so over the top. In in some tra- sometimes a tragic way, and in sometimes just like a chaotic, like, wow, this guy is just living his life no matter what kind of way. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's unpredictable, funny, scary. He's my Joker. He's my Joker. Uh, Hunter, uh, your, your thoughts on. Yeah, I I will say it's nice. The show does a really good job at handling the villains 
Um, whereas like I, I'll 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 say with the Val Kilmer and like George Clooney Batman movies, like all the villains are the Joker for some reason. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly, like yeah. Two Face is like crazy, the Riddler's crazy, and it's just like all right, like let's have some uh, variety here. And this show does a really good job at that. But Mark Hamill, and it's interesting that you guys bring up that he that he voiced it uh, in the games as well. Uh, which yeah, I I I don't think I put two and two together on that because just watching this show and then remembering when I played um, uh, the game, it seems like, like how you guys were saying that the voice grew a little bit. Like he had a lot more opportunities to, to be a little bit more like creepy and like sinister with it, uh, which is really cool. I think that's really cool to see um growth like in in voice acting especially it's like oh because it's it's almost like the games are completely different not a completely different vibe but like they're a lot darker you know what i mean and for for adults almost um but as far as his performance in the show uh i i i really enjoyed it i thought it was fun uh and i also like how the show shows how much like a coward joker is like as oh, yeah. soon as soon as Batman gets like even like an inch of an upper hand, Joker's cowering down, being like, "Oh God!" And that's so. I love when the Joker's similar how how I like uh, Spider Man when he's beat up. Uh, I I like the Joker when he's like coward, when he's a coward. Um, yeah, because at the end of the day, most of these criminals, most of these bad guys, are cowardly lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then similar how we'll talk about it when we get to the movie too. how I like I like Batman when he's in love. All right. I like yeah. Bruce Wayne when mm-hmm. he's in love. But yeah, Mark Ham- like and again, I didn't grow up with this. I didn't I grew up with Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker and that's it. So this it's really fucking cool to see something completely different. Like it, it can't get more different than this. And just the the range that he has as an actor is pretty impressive and i i don't know if it gets talked about a whole lot oh it does <laughs> okay good oh it does well, don't worry. Uh, uh, but I, I but, but yeah i i for you like it's like this new like kind of uh revelation like oh like he can do this and he he can mm-hmm. do a great job yeah yeah well it's it's like when i was playing the games i didn't know fucking luke skywalker was voicing the joker <laughs> you know what i mean because it doesn't sound like like it sounds nothing like it's it. unrecognizable it was a surprise yeah surprise. which is an amazing it's an amazing thing for a voice actor to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially like now I feel like voice acting is completely different than it was. It's like they just get Justin Timberlake to voice a troll. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's Justin Timberlake. You know, whereas like this, it's like, oh, that's not Mark Hamill voicing the Joker. That is the Joker. Right. They got him not because he was Luke Skywalker, because he was perfect for the part. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yep. And also I love how like – He's almost like a Looney Tunes character. Like, I love it. You know what I mean? But but what makes it great is that, yeah, he's kind of acting like a Looney Tunes character. But then once again, like, he turns on a dime and it becomes this scary thing. And it's like, wait, why was I, like, liking this guy? Why was I laughing at this guy? You know what I mean? And it's almost mm-hmm. like, it's almost like, I don't know, you're watching Daffy Duck. And then, like, you realize, oh, he just killed three children. It's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's, it's like that he's perfect fun, yeah you gotta have that reminder every so often that he is despicable he is despicable he's yeah <laughs> i realized what i yep, said you walked into that one I buddy right. now he's um 
he's completely un, uh, unredeemable as a human being. Like that's, uh, that's completely irredeemable. Harley Quinn comes in, you know, he's, he's terrible to her. She keeps coming back to him. And, you know, this is definitely a kind of person you got to remember. He is a, he is a bad, bad person. And speaking of Harley Quinn, let's talk about Arlene Sorkin as Harley Quinn. Oh my God, let's. Uh, so obviously Arlene Sorkin, um, was this performer and she played like this clown character in a show and, and Paul Dini and, and, and Bruce Tim and, and everyone involved with the show, they're like, Oh, let's like bring her in for this, like for this, like Joker henchwoman character, like just to, just to have someone around, you know, like just a throwaway character, like, Oh, she'll just be Joker's like sidekick for an episode or two. And she became, I personally think like uh, the, not only an original character, which is amazing, but also probably the biggest success of the show is the creation of that character. Likely. Yeah. Um, Your thoughts on her, sir. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, Harley Quinn. She's the little engine that could of Batman, you know, she, she <laughs> <laughs> wasn't supposed to be much, but then she turned into this phenomenon that so many people, men and women could get behind as a character. That you, you don't have to be a specific gender to relate to this person. You know, everybody has been, in a situation where they got off of their path and um, and did some things that they regretted and continued to go back to uh, to that path, even though they knew it was bad for them, it was wrong. It, there were so many things about it that felt right enough that you you can just you could take the bad with the good mm. and uh, and just rationalize with yourself. So she's she's a highly relatable character. Plus, she's badass. You know, she can. She can stand on her own against a whole room of uh, of yeah. goons, just like Batman or the Joker could. She she could defend herself. Um, so yeah, Arlene did a great job with this particular character. She's always savable and she's always losable. Yeah, and and the performance and the animation work perfectly together in the Batman animated series to do that. Even though I love Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. you're absolutely correct. I mean, this is the perfect Harley Quinn because it was the original. They got to actually play with like, oh, who is this character? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hunter, I know you didn't watch Mad Love, and we'll talk about Mad Love later. Yeah. But like, obviously, that's like the ultimate Harley Quinn episode. You have to watch that, Hunter. Yeah. You absolutely, hundred ten percent have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but and we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, I mean, she's the perfect voice because, like, once again, she's genuinely funny uh, and crazy. But it's not like edgy crazy, like oh she's so crazy. Like she's like a Looney Tunes character too. <laughs> you know, where like she's like a Looney Tunes character like Joker and and there's that darkness within in a different way from Joker where it's like, Oh, look at this crazy, like cute character. Oh, she gets abused by the Joker. Oh in there. there's like it then it it took it takes a turn like that. And it and and that's such a wonderful like oh right, why am I laughing at this? Why am I laughing at this? Like, um, so it's it's brilliant. It's uh, just every like once again lines that maybe wouldn't be all that funny. Like she just makes so funny and cute. And yeah. as you said, she she's never completely irredeemable. I think the whole point of the show is that like there's still a little bit of good in her. She can, she does have the capacity to change, and she usually n- never does. And that's like the whole like kind of like tragedy of it. Like oh she she really could, but she Joker has her wrapped around his finger so she probably will never change and that's why it's so funny but also so tragic and and sad and and i arlene sorkin is the ultimate 
Harley Quinn voice, in my opinion. Um, all throughout the show, she's she's wonderful. And once again, a different ener- energy, very cute and sympathetic, as well as like crazy and manic and, and villainous. But yeah, that's why I like it, because it, 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 it's both of those sides played so wonderfully. And, and once again, it's just highly entertaining. She, she's such a good character on her own that like, you know, episodes that we, we're not going to talk about, about, talk about, but like, there are episodes where like, it's basically just about her. And like, that's how good of an, a character she is that like, she can kind of stand on her own. And like, oh, what if she like teamed up with Batman? That's why I love Arlene Sorkin. Uh, she, she's absolutely wonderful. Uh, Hunter? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't see the all of the episodes, right? But from what I got, it's it's very it's very impressive that this show created a character like that yeah. that's so iconic. You know what I mean? That's that had no comic um, background at all. So the, I th- I think that's that's really really impressive. Um, I mean. I'm a, I'm a Margot Robbie guy. I I liked I liked her as Harley Quinn. I thought that that was um pretty perfect. But then again, this might be something where it's like, okay, well, I don't have all the the source material to go by and what this character really is. You know what I mean? So I'll I'll That's true, I will definitely have the episodes to... that you watch. She's like a side character in it, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so exactly. definitely we're... watch Harley Quinn Cade. Def definitely watch Mad Love. What a wonderful creation. We're going to talk about the specific episodes now. Awesome. Um, so uh, let's just very quickly go around, just like a sentence or two. Uh, Nothing to fear. It's basically the episode where we first see Scarecrow. We first see Scarecrow. And His, uh, first, his first scrapped design, he only looks like this that's right. in that episode. That's right. Because he, uh, well, I'll talk about it now. He kind of looks bad. He looks like a potato sack. Uh, I don't really love the design uh, very much, but... Uh, just talk about quickly my thoughts on the episode. Please. So this is like the fir- mm-hmm. one of the first episodes where like we actually talk about like his parents and like oh like would they uh would they be proud of me? And that's such a like you know interesting beautiful idea like you know dressing or dressing as a bat running around as a bat stop crime would they be proud of me right now if they were still alive today? And uh, uh the answer by the end is yes, he has to conquer that fear. And I think, you know, is it my favorite episode of the series or anything? No, but I think it's a very nice, it has some very nice moments, especially at the end when he proclaims, I am the knight, I am Batman. It's, it's great stuff. Yep. That's a, that's an unforgettable moment. He's hanging from the dirigible. um, And he says that it's still gives me chills to this day. Iconic, Um, iconic. A lot of these episodes too, but uh, this one in particular, I like that, like, I don't know it's very relatable like the those feelings you know what i mean like especially if you're i don't know like i mean I, I don't have any experience with this uh just yet but like if your parents are like dead like you would wonder if they would be proud of you and doing what you're doing you know so i i don't know i and yeah nick you're right scarecrow looks terrible uh, <laughs> it looks kind of fucking <laughs> stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> now we're going to two-face now we're going to Two-Face. Um, okay, so now we're going to Two-Face, parts one and two. Mm-hmm. And obviously, very ironically enough, the first two-parter of the whole series is the Two-Face episode. <laughs> um, so yeah. that's... The, uh, uh, Xander, your your overall thoughts on that episode? It is the first instance of so, so, so many in this show where they lean really damn hard into how much Two-Face loves the number two. 
I think that's all that that needs to be said. I think um, that's all I'm going to say right now. <laughs> uh, Hunter, uh, I actually no, I'll save you for last because you've never uh-huh. uh, seen it before. But um, but I I absolutely freaking love this episode. This is like my favorite Two Face. Not only the best Two Face episode of the show, but it's just like like my favorite Two Face interpretation because he has a split personality disorder. Like that's part of the character that I think has been missing uh, in some iterations like the dark Knight. even though I love the dark Knight, I think the dark Knight's a, like a great movie and everything. We'll talk about the dark Knight, obviously um, later on, but, but uh, two face doesn't have that split personality disorder. He doesn't, he's not like Harvey and then two face, you know, he doesn't like change to, to, two completely different characters. Um, but he does in this. And it's tragic and it's really sad and it makes me tear up multiple times throughout because not only is it just like, you know, he was this, you know, really moral man who deep down inside had this other personality that like was just controlling his life constantly. Big, bad Harv. And that also just goes to show that like, even with that accident, he was always in there. You know, it it wasn't just like because of that accident, he's Two-Faced now, like Two-Faced was always there. And that accident just like, I don't know, like brought him out even more where like now he controls his life like constantly. Like that's just his life now because of that. Um, it's it's the first one of the first episodes in the show that it's like where there's like real stakes and real like tragedy with it, where it's just like, no, it's not squeaky clean. Like he's not just like a mustache twirling bad guy at all. It, in, in some ways, the real bad guy is Rupert Thorne, the, the gangster. Um, he's the one that kind of ruins everything. Uh, and you know, it, in, in this episode, he has a, a fiance, a grace. And obviously that's key into why we sympathize with two face as well is that like, but he really loves this woman and, 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 uh, he just wants to see her, especially in that second part where he's like two face, but there's always like a part of him that is like, Oh, but I want to see her again. But should I see her again? Like, I don't want her to see me like this. So he, there's that self-awareness, too, that I love. And and Richard Mull is the voice of Two-Face, and he brings so much intensity, but also uh, just a lot of sadness to the role. Uh, when he's when he does that Two-Face voice, it's very distinct and, and very scary. But then when he's Harvey, you know, it, it's, it's very it's very sad. Uh, and so, like, obviously with Two-Face, it's like, oh, well, with the coin. He, he, you know, and his new life, his new persona, but also with the coin, he gets to finally, you know, let something else control what's right and what's just like, oh, if I flip the coin, I don't get to make the decision because life is just random chaos. Anyway, if, if once I choose, once the, once the coin chooses for me, then whatever it is, it'll be right. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, I just love the animation is great in it when he's like twitching and like going insane. Mm-hmm. The animation's so good and the lighting, especially in the ther- therapy scene. Uh, and you see like the two face for a second in, in the, yeah. when the lightning strikes. Beautiful. Um, I could go on and on. But but overall, the, the moment that really sold me like and why I love this episode so much is the ending. Because once again, it's not just like and Batman beat him up and it's over. No, it's it's a lot more complex and a lot more sad, but also a lot more hopeful than that, where, you know, uh, just like in Batman forever, but obviously better executed 
than than that for sure. But um, where like he throws all the coins and he's like, wait, where's my coin? Where's my coin? And he says something along the lines of like, I can't do this without the coin. Like, I can't do it. I, like, he can't function without it. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. And, like, the um, the way he, like, screams, like, is just so sad. Like, you feel it. Oh, my God. And, it, it, like, it, it's just, like, someone who just, like, can't control his life and he doesn't know what to do. And But then Grace shows up and, and embraces him and it's like, it's going to be okay, right? And 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 that's such a great moment, you know? It, it Once again, it's not just, like, he's one way. He's... You know, there's two ways, you know, (laughs) but, um, but like, you know, he's, he's, he's so much more than just a a bad guy. He's a, he's a guy who is unable to control his life, but there's always a hope there because Batman says at the end of the episode, like, oh, well, there's, when there's love, there's hope and a little bit of luck. He flips the coin and he puts it in the well, um, for you, Harvey, you know, like he always, he has hope. He, he blames himself for what happened to Harvey, um, because deep down he blames himself for everything. He, Batman blames himself for everything, and and it's really sad. And and we'll talk about that later. But um, but you know, so like with his parents, it, it it's it's almost like his parents again. What happened with Harvey? And and uh, and so there there's always that hope there. So it's it's a very well done episode. It's heartfelt. It's scary. It's well animated. It's it's just everything you want in, in a two face story. It's the ultimate two face story. It's so good. Uh, Hunter. Yeah, the the whole episode's really heartbreaking and I was wondering how I was wondering how they were going to do that with the first part it was kind of just like oh like Harvey just like this good looking like he's kind of like a Bruce Wayne in a way. You know what I mean? Right. Um and yeah. so it's, it's interesting and I think I don't know, not I don't know if this is true, but it it strikes me as like there's a lot of like similarities with the villains in Batman and Batman. You know, it's like, oh, absolutely. It's like, oh, Bruce. right on the money, right on the money. Yeah. It's like Bruce Wayne could have gone a different way. You know what I mean? And like he's still he's still I think even Alfred in one of the episodes in this series says that he's yeah, that's in Mask of the Phantasm. And we'll we'll talk about that more. But absolutely. Absolutely. He's like you you go on that line like every single night that you go out. You know what I mean? So it's it's like a it's amazing that you don't cross it but anyway um with this episode yeah i think what, what was the voice actor's name the place two-face richard, richard mole incredible absolutely incredible that's the scream that he lets out when he can't find his coin is like it 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 made me tear up a little bit because i was like fuck like arguably one of the best voice acting performances at least in the episodes that i've seen it was really fantastic um, but yeah, th- this is obviously one of my favorite uh, episodes that we watched. It was perfect, and uh, it needed the two parts. It really did because they it allowed them to take their time with the story. Exactly. Um, and yeah, and I I love the fact that they that they were friends and like and also also there's one of the funniest voice acting parts um, <laughs> in this that comes from Kevin Conroy when uh, to, when the explosion happens and like. He looks at him for the first time. He he's all like, "Harvey, no!" <laughs> I was like, oh "What? No!" Uh, um, it's uh, it's a really great exploration too of um, how powerful anger can be and how destructive it can be. Because uh, you know, there's that old saying: uh, "Actions done in anger cannot be undone." Uh, so, 
Yeah, uh, I think I think that's relatable to a lot of us. Anger yeah. has has been the the thing that has uh, lost us either an opportunity or maybe a person in our life. So yeah, Two Face is one of the best villains, not only in Batman but just in general because he is us. Yeah, we yeah. we are we are prone to anger just like Two Face. It it just got the better of him, and now that's his whole life. That's his yeah. persona. But th- that's why he he's very relatable. And you you see how it can get there too. Like you can see how you can get to fucking flipping a coin to make every single decision because it's like, I I'm, I'm done. Like I can't do this. I can't do this. Making choices is hard. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's really hard. And so like, and that this, this episode and I think, I think cause Nick, you're right with the whole like split personality and stuff like that. It, they didn't do that in the, in the Christopher Nolan movies, um, which but I, I, they did a good job at that too. Where it's like, oh no, I, I, he's great. He, don't yeah. get me wrong. Two Face is great in the Dark Knight. Yes, we're like, it gets to a point where it's like, dude, I'm gonna let this one thing decide everything, and it's perfect. Yeah, beautiful episode. Um, let's talk about maybe. Uh, well, a lot of people consider it uh, probably the best. Uh, Heart of Ice, uh, the Mister Freeze episode. Um, uh, Xander, your quick thoughts on it. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if it's universally considered to be like the best episode of the show, but, uh, a lot of people, I, I think call it the best. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, uh, I only talk to people I know. I don't really do online community stuff on I that. You. So I you're probably you. a little more learned on that than I am at this point, but it's uh, at least up there for people. I, I mean, uh, it's, it's easy enough to see why Mr. Freeze is such a, such a simple character that they that they elevated with this uh, yeah. with this version of it because he's you know, he's a scientist who's got a, another tragic story his his wife succumbed to a terrible illness so he he, he put her in into a vat where she could live uh, until he could find a way to cure her and then his ability to do so that was taken away from him and he became this sort of an emotionless. Uh, cryogenic tank of a human he can only live in sub-zero uh, environments and he he even states in the episode like emotions no longer um make up who i am anymore i am just uh i'm just ice at this point and and then the voice he's, beyond, actor, he's beyond emotion yeah exactly and uh, the voice actor even kind of talks almost like a like a, a lifeless robot in a way to sort of boost that yeah and, uh, it is also the only instance I can ever think of where a villain is thwarted by chicken soup. Brilliant. And I love that because I love chicken soup. <laughs> but we love chicken soup, but also it defeats Mr. Freeze. It does. So there we have and it. It's, and it, it, it brings that, that Adam West heart back into the show just a little bit when Batman is, uh, when, when that, that random woman goes, what is that? And Batman goes, the only way to fight a cold. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So even even when this show gets as deep and as thought-provoking and as dark as it is, it, it remembers that it is also very silly at times. Yeah. <laughs> Batman, as dark and, and complex as it can be, is ultimately a silly, silly idea. You know, so I, 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 there's, I have no problem with there being campiness and, and heart and, and like silliness in Batman. I, I, I'm open to it. Um, uh, for sure. In moderation. Uh, in but yeah, moderation. Heart of Ice, 
in moderation. In moderation. Especially, I, know, I wanted to say that because I know I knew you were going to be like, well, not all uh, the time. Maybe I don't want to stick it a little bit too far. <laughs> uh, I don't want to take it too far, though. You don't want to take it too far. Okay? You don't want to take it too far. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I absolutely adore this episode. It's one of my favorites, too. Um, I love... Uh, Mr. Freeze in this. Michael Ansara. Uh, he's a he's a great Mr. Freeze and in just 22 minutes, mind you. Uh, they it's such a perfectly paced episode. Um where you know we we just see Mr. Freeze uh you know he, he does this plan, right? And we don't know exactly what he's doing yet. He's he's just saying, like, you know, I will have my revenge. Um and we see, you know, that like oh he's he'll leave his henchmen to die. You know, he's, he's very cold. He's unfeeling. And so immediately we're like, oh, this guy sucks. He's the worst. Uh, there, there's absolutely nothing redeemable about this guy. Um, and then because Batman's such a great detective and I and I love that they bring the, the detectiveness in these episodes that like he's not he's not just going to punch the bad guy. He's going to outsmart him. He's going to find out how he got to be who he is. So when he when Batman uh, looks up, uh, those files and he sees the video of uh, Mr. Freeze before he was Mr. Freeze. Um, we see that, yeah, he, he had a wife and uh, she was dying. And so his idea was, oh, I'm going to, uh, you know, keep her uh, frozen so that she can continue living without being alive. You know, like, yeah, I'll keep her safe, but she's not living. Mm. And 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 uh, the villain of the episode really is Ferris Boyle, played by Mark Hamill, uh, um, which is amazing. Uh, a, a, a lovely villainous performance. And he's just a total asshole who just ruins his life. And and uh, and and we just get to see like, oh, like he, the real bad guy is a businessman. And that's in real life. It, it's it's always like. The people who look, the people who look normal, that are you know, that are businessmen and like that are you know profit over people. Those are those are the real villains of the world. So I love that Batman the animated series knows that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I love um, I love how we just see like yeah, Mister Freeze. He's he's tragic. He's a very sympathetic character. Actually, it's it's that kind of moment where you're like, oh wow, like this is a, this is supposed to be our bad guy, but I feel so much for him probably more than anyone in this episode i kind of want to root for him uh because you totally understand where he's coming from he you know batman's like you're gonna kill all these people for what like you know is this worth it and he's like well i i can never feel the the warmth of the sun anymore i can't feel the warmth of a human hand ever again yeah i'll do it i'll kill someone to do that and it's just like yeah look you you can't condone but you completely understand. And, it, and it, it brings a tear to my eye, especially at the end when he's thwarted by chicken noodle soup and everything. And it's like, okay, like he's all about vengeance. Batman says, no justice. And that's, as I said before, that's Batman to me that he's not murderous. He's not going to just like fight someone. He's going to reach out to them. He's, he's for, he's for justice. And so at the end, it's so emotional when he he's talk Cause like, you know, the whole episode, he's talking to this, uh, snow globe right and at first you're like what's going on but once once you realize like that's the only thing he has left of his wife mm-hmm. and he's like you know i i failed you and it's just like a, such an emotional like oh he's he has such a flawed way of thinking that he thinks that because he didn't 
you know, uh, do, you know, succeed in his evil plan, he thinks he failed his wife and there's nothing he can do about it anymore. And so, you know, he's like, I, I hope somewhere you feel me, you know, so you feel a warm hand and, uh, and Batman's watching him, you know, and it's just a brilliant moment where like, you know, once again, Batman understands and sympathizes and, and we don't see that a lot in some Batman and, but with this one we do. And, and we just kind of end it there. You know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of like, well, that's what it is. But now you understand, at least it's a it's a brilliant episode. Hunter. Yeah, um, I'm a fan of Mr. Freeze or uh, uh, Mr. Freeze, Dr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze. Dr. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Freeze, but as a villain, his name is Mr. Freeze. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a fan of of this character. Uh, I was a fan of him with Arnold playing him. Uh, I felt like they. of course you were. I was, I was, I really was. I felt like they had some stuff there. There were some sprinklings of greatness. Um, sprinklings of greatness, really. This episode did perfectly. This episode was what I what I saw. You know what I mean? Like I I, I saw yeah. something in the you. Arnold performance, and this is what I saw, um, which was fucking awesome to see. I was like, oh, so I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? Like this this is what they were going for. That they didn't do they didn't succeed at it right but this is what they were going for um yeah it's a tragic story and nick like you're right like you feel for him you know what i mean it's like yeah dude i don't know how i would react if the same thing happened to me you know and that that's an interesting thought to have it's like would i be doing the same thing i'd like to think no (laughs) i'd really like to think that i i'd become batman (laughs) well first you need a freeze ray see give me a freeze ray even if i don't go through that maybe i'll fucking do it you know maybe then i'll do it yeah maybe then i'll fucking kill a businessman who knows this i i loved it yeah it's one of my favorite i could see why people would say it's the best i could see that because again, like with the with the two face one, like they they did a two parter and they took their time with it. This, like you said, Nick, is brilliantly paced, and they they almost they didn't need two parts. You know what I mean? Like they didn't need they didn't need that time. They just fucking took that twenty two minutes and just did it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's it's the idea of like, well, you know, uh, not caring and not feeling versus what Batman does, which is like, well, what I mentioned before, like with that henchman, what Mr. Freeze does that henchman, like Batman saves him. So there's like, even though there's a lot of similarities with Batman and Freeze, there's also a clear, like, well, Batman will save that henchman. Mr. Freeze will let him die because he's so hurt by this traumatic event that he doesn't want to feel again because he says he's beyond feeling, but then he cries for his wife at the end. And that's when you're like, Oh, there's so many layers to him. He's not just one thing. And that, and that's what all these villains do. Like they're not just one thing. That's why it's so brilliant. Yeah. And, and something I wanted to touch on too, really fast was the, were were the puns like with Arnold, the puns were just punny and that's all they were. This, like, there was like a, there was a fucking, uh, what's the word? There was, there was a direction there with these puns. You know what I mean? It was like a, it was yeah. really sad. It was, it was yeah, like even, even when it was fun, uh, a punny, uh, it, it, it was like, like ooh. clever. Yes, exactly. And, and was, scary. Yeah. And it was like a, Ooh, like you are so angry that you are fucking making freeze puns. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I just crazy. Yeah. So also, it's just one of those episodes of animation of just TV or just of anything in general, where it's just like, yeah, once again, 22 minutes, you can feel so much. It's a it's beautiful. And it just once again goes to show animation is something not to be uh, 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 
what am I trying to say? Um, like looked down upon? Looked down upon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That really yep. is amazing, isn't it? Like the, the ability of a, of a writing team to put so much into 22 minutes. Like that's incredible. I, yeah. I'm, I'm so envious of the people who have that talent. Absolutely. You know, um, beautiful episode. Uh, so let's quickly talk about Beware the Grey Ghost. Yes! 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 This, is, this is my very favorite episode of the show. Ooh, okay. Is okay. It, is, it what, is it what I would consider the best episode of the show? But it's your favorite. No, this is my all-time favorite thing that the Batman animated series did. Me and Hunter watched this together, and I was like, oh, a very special guest, uh, guest star is in this episode. I, I want... I'm not going to say who it is, but <laughs> I want you to like, while you're watching it, I want to see your reaction. And so like when Hunter was watching it, he was like, uh, like actually another friend of ours was watching it with us. And he was like, what is Adam West going to show up? Then Adam West yeah. showed up and Hunter was like, no way, no way. No way, dude. God damn. But then also you kind of, you get to have fun with this episode too. You get to see Batman have fun because he's a little gray ghost fanboy and he gets to go yeah, on an adventure oh. with his hero. It's so sweet. Oh, that's Batman is for the first time us. Adam West gives a really wonderful uh, vocal performance in this. It's very meta, obviously. The gray ghost is Adam West Batman, really. I mean, it, it it's it's a it's a really tragic but also really just like realistic like probably the way adam west probably felt like oh like people just see me as this and you know like what else do i do with my life you know what and you know his kind of dramatic question uh is like is this worth it you know like like i was just known for this is that all there is was that worth it and so uh it's a wonderful episode all around what everything you just said xander but the moment i want to just point at and then i'll i'll give it to you hunter uh, the, the scene I want to mention uh, is uh, halfway through when he goes to the Batcave. Very few characters go to the Batcave, so that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he sees his kind of uh, Grey Ghost memorabilia. Uh, Batman has, like, Grey Ghost memorabilia in his Batcave, like, in the corner of the Batcave. Because, you know, in some ways, Batman became who he was because, like, oh, well, heroes like him, like, inspired me. So I kind of want to be that. Um, even if he didn't know it as a kid, you know, um, so in a way, you know, Batman is, is you know, gray Go- the gray ghost is responsible in some way for Batman existing. And so he just like sees, you know, the memorabilia and then he just goes, so I guess it all was worth it. And uh, it's just a, a beautiful, uh, nostalgic, beautiful episode. Uh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's it it's a great episode. It's it's one of it's one of my favorites that uh that we've watched. Um and again, like it is as I have my thoughts on Adam West as Batman. I have my thoughts you on You have Adam your hot West. takes. Yeah, yeah, of course. But no matter what I think about Adam no matter what I think about that show and that movie, um I this episode is fucking cool. Perchance a dream. Uh this is uh a great episode too. Uh, I'll, I'll start. Uh, what if like a uh, Bruce Wayne didn't become Batman? What if his parents were alive? Selena Kyle was his fiance or whatever. What if he lived a normal life? And at first he's like, what's going on? Like, there's no way this is real. Um, and then more and more, he, he almost starts to accept it almost. And, and it's really sad. It, that was a moment. That was a, a particular character beat that 
uh, kind of crushes me a bit where he's like, the nightmare is over. And it's just yeah. a, a beautifully yeah. uh, delivered by Kevin Conroy. And and then, you know, the, the whole kind of message is like at the end, oh, it was Mad Hatter and everything. You know, he can he confronts Batman at first, you know, because Batman's still around. And he's like, wait, who's that guy? Like Batman, wait, I thought I was Batman. Mm-hmm. Who's this guy? And it's like Bruce Wayne versus Batman. And, you know, at the end, you know, Bruce Wayne jumps off and it's like, well, he like he commits suicide, you know, like it's it's crazy. Um, I'll see you in your nightmares, he says to to Matt Hatter. And it's just like amazing. Like like he's like, it's a lie, though. I don't care. This is the life I wanted. I don't care. I can't have it because it's a lie. I have to get out of here. So so uh, at the end, Batman uh well in the fight at the end technically bruce wayne wins quote unquote but at the end of the day the fight between batman and bruce wayne batman wins every time uh so i i I love this episode a lot uh it's it's really atmospheric moody um and and tragic because it's like we we must return to the status quo we have to batman will be batman baby so yeah yeah, um, this episode, and again, a lot of these episodes are strangely, like, rela- I mean, not strangely, but they're relatable. Because, like, I mean, everybody w- looks at, like, either what could have been or, like, what they wanted life to work out as. And it's like, well, tough. You know what I mean? It's like, it just doesn't turn out that way. And just because it didn't turn out that way doesn't mean it's not for the best. You know, that that's kind of what I took from this episode. It's like, yeah, like what a dream, you know, any, I mean, Selena Kyle, if she was my wife, Hey, that's a dream. But, uh, like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, like your, your parents are alive, like fucking perfect, but that's perfect. Perfect. Um, but like, that's not, that's not what you, that's not what you get. And that's not what you necessarily need. You know, like that's not your calling. This is your calling. Um, and then also I have to say when the Mad Hatter shows up, I didn't know Mad Hatter was a fucking Batman thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So. I really, I was so taken aback, dude. We watched it together. I was like, yeah. what the fuck is Alice in Wonderland shit doing here? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? This is bonkers. Robin's reckoning another two parter. Um, so I kind of mentioned before in a uh, Batman forever, like, Oh, like the, there's an opportunity there to do a really heartfelt story with Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. Um, and this episode, perfectly capitalizes on that. This is a great episode because it's about a father and his son. And, and uh, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. And I love that, you know, it's about revenge and how, you know, very consistently with other episodes, you know, that vengeance is not the way to go. Um, uh, You know, Robin confronts the man who killed his parents, uh, something that was taken away from him. And Batman is like, maybe even scarier than a lot of other episodes because like he wants to be the monster, you know, he wants to be the guy who captures and, uh, and, and, uh, arrests, uh, the, the man who killed Robin's parents because Batman is all about like, no, I have to be the monster. I have to be the monster in the night to save the day and, and stop crime to stop death from ever happening again. And that's what I love about Batman. And so, you know, the Robin throughout, the episode is like why does batman like keep pushing me away i want to do this i want to like confront tony zuko the guy who killed my parents and when he does he realizes uh when he says like oh like you would never understand 
what I'm what I'm going through. And then he takes it back immediately. He's like, no, wait, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean that. And so when, when Batman admits at the end, like, oh, I, I'm I, I, I'm doing I wanted to do it alone because I wanted to spare you because he already took so much from you. And that's such a beautiful moment. And there was there's another moment in part one where they're just talking about, like, does it get better? Um, you know, uh, uh, trauma and uh, processing grief. And uh, Bruce Wayne goes, yeah, it does. It does, you know, and they're cut from the same cloth. And that's what I love about the relationship between Batman and Robin. And special shout out to Lauren Lester for his wonderful portrayal of Robin. Yeah, it's uh, Dick Grayson's first real episode to to shine his uh, his whole deal. Because as an audience member, the animation doesn't really lend itself to reminding you, but he is a kid. He is a young man. Yeah, and he is still very impressionable, and he is still learning how to navigate this whole vigilante lifestyle. And he um, he needs Batman to to reel him in so that he doesn't go too far off the deep end. Because when you're young and you're angry and you are uh, ambitious and you've got an opportunity, you you might not understand how to um, how to how to quit while you're ahead. How to how to take the exact right amount of steps before you go too far, and uh, he he's done he's done that quite a few times as Robin, and uh, before he before he became Nightwing, he he needed to make those mistakes right. and have that have that clash with Batman before he could become his own man. And this is this is a great first big stepping stone towards that path. Absolutely, Hunter. I'm a Robin Stan, dude. Um, I fucking love. I love all Robin. Robin. Robin's better than Batman sometimes, dude. I swear sometimes. to God, sure. he saves the day. He saves Batman's ass a lot. I'm not Robin I, Stan. Robin Stan, dude. Um, no, and this Nick, you're right. Like this is what I wanted. Like this backstory, and like this is exactly what I wanted. And they made it make sense. Where like, because it could always turn out very not. Cr- yeah, I'm going to say creepy. It can turn out very creepy, Bruce Wayne taking this, like, younger kid in. But no, it's like a it, – this shows it as, like, it's like a brotherhood that they're bonded by trauma. Like, Bruce Wayne understands what uh, Dick Grayson's going through. You know what I mean? It's like they both lost their parents at a young age, and Bruce Wayne knows what that's like. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful episode and Robin's badass in it too. Like on the motorcycle, like, yeah. do you oh, remember yeah. that, that part where like he's on the motorcycle and then he takes the, the villain, uh, yeah. by, by his throat or whatever, and then drags him <laughs> and it's like, damn, that's what I'm talking about. That shit's fucking fire. I loved every second of it. Who plays him in the, in the Joel Schumacher films? What's his name? Uh, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. His Robin is such a little bitch. But hey, I'm sorry. He he uh, he does laundry well. <laughs> he does laundry really well. Uh, no, nah, dude, I love all in this miniseries. This is what I found out. I love all interpretations of Robin. I'm so this glad is, you figured that out. You realized that. I realized <laughs> that Robin's Reckoning is my favorite of the. That's your favorite. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Oh, of course it is because you're Robin Stan. Yeah. I also highly recommend the episodes Almost Got Him. It's a perfect sort of anthology episode where we see kind of short bursts of all these iconic villains, and it's kind of the best of the best. You know, we, we see 
why we love these villains so much and they're interacting off each other and we see that Batman loves the chase too. He loves the adventure of it all, just like the bad guys. You could just watch this episode and be like, this is exactly who Batman is. And this is exactly who his adversaries are. I also highly recommend The Man Who Killed Batman in Trial. Both great premises executed so well. I Am the Knight is a great Bruce Wayne Batman story where he questions if what he's doing is right. And he realizes, yes, it is worth it. And sometimes it's the little things that keep you going. The Laughing Fish is an amazing Joker episode, and Harley Quinn Aid is a great Harley Quinn episode. And speaking of Harley Quinn... Mad Love. Uh, maybe, yes. maybe... Uh, it might be my favorite episode of the, of the show. It's at least really, really up there. Uh, this was the episode I always... Wa I, I watched already before this, and I, I've, al I've always loved this episode. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Harley Quinn's story from, uh, from her humble beginnings as a psychiatrist working in Arkham. Trying to study criminal minds uh, to becoming obsessed with the Joker, falling in love with him, and then giving her entire being to him and vowing to do whatever she needs to, whatever he needs her to do. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's, it's sad. It's, it's hilarious. It's wonderful. I have such an emotional reaction to this. Not that I was, I'm a, was abused in any way um, in my life. Uh, but, but it is like really sad to see that like, you know, she got tricked. She got manipulated by the Joker. She thought this, this is like, she just really believes that this was the right thing to do is to follow this man. And she thinks like, well, this, you know, he just wants to make people laugh. He just wants to, you know, it's all just a joke. Why are people taking it so seriously? And she just doesn't understand the ramifications of her life. And it's really tragic. Uh, the flashbacks are amazing. The way that the Joker kind of just like, once again, wraps her around his finger is just really like, like entertaining, but also just like really sad the way he like makes up this story about his father, mm -hmm. how like, you know, he, you know, he used to beat me and everything. And she just like completely falls for it. But like, you understand it. Cause like the way Mark Hamill, like performs that, like, obviously, you know, he's lying, but like, the way he like delivers it is like you almost think to yourself like oh is this really his backstory like oh that's why he wants to make people laugh because he never made his father laugh and that's just like a great thing you're almost tricked in a way uh as an audience member and and like you feel so much for harley and once again just 22 minutes but you know she because she's wondering like how did my life end up like this so that's why we cut to those scenes and you know she becomes obsessed with him and by the end she realizes, oh, Batman's the problem. I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta kill him. I to make things right, I have to kill him once and for all. We can't do this anymore. I can't like we can't keep like brushing up against Batman and failing and then doing it all over again. This needs to end finally. And so, in an attempt to do that, uh, some real emotional things happen. So, you know, she pretends like, oh, I'm. I'm done. This isn't funny anymore. Like she pretends that she's done to trick Batman. She, you know, uh, uh, gasses him or whatever and traps him. Um, and Joker was saying before about like, Oh, I want to make this trap where like these fish smile and like the way, like she really wants Joker to figure it out or, or to help even like, Oh, like you want, you want to find a way to like make these piranhas smile, you know, for this trap that for Batman, I really want to help you out. 
And and so her attempt to do that is like, well, you're hanging upside down, Batman. So you'll see them smiling. <laughs> um, and and she feels she once again, you feel everything in her vocal performance like, oh, no, she genuinely like feels so proud that she did that. And and uh, and the way that um, Batman, you know, eventually is like, oh, like, the you know, the, the Joker only loves himself, Harley, like you're doing this for him and he doesn't even love you. And she just can't hear it. You know, she, she's like, I'm not listening to you, you know, and and eventually, you know, he he, he brings up like, oh, what? Uh, let me guess, like he told you the story about his father. Um, and you can tell just like her heart is broken, you know, like even though she she never will truly believe it, you know, that like, wait, what? He told you that, you know, like the, that that moment where, you know, she's just like, uh is my life a lie? Uh, and, and, but she, once again, she, she has to like keep doing what she's doing. So she, she doesn't accept it. And, uh, and w- what does her in, in the end is like her obsession with wanting the Joker to see it. So Batman's like, well, he can't do this yet without the Joker. So the Joker comes in and they, they have this back and forth Joker and Harley where like, it's not funny. It's just sad because like the Joker is like an abusive boyfriend and she, he's just so mad at her. And then, you know, he, he kind of like just turns to Batman like, I'll be with you in a second. Like, he's so different with Batman. He's like the Joker, you know, what what we love to see in the Joker. He He's he's that way in front of Batman, but in front of Harley, he's really scary. And, uh, you know, he pushes her out the window. And, you know, she's the part that really gets me is just like, you know, she's like, I my fault. I didn't get the joke. And, uh, you know, it's just like it's really sympathetic. It's, it's a great episode. It's a, a wonderful look into her that about, you know, is just, just really emotionally moving. I, 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 it, it makes me feel so much. I love it. I love it so much. Let's, let's talk about the movie. Mask uh, of the Phantasm. Mask of the Phantasm. This movie gives us the best Batman music ever. This is the best Batman score. It's better than the Dark Knight score. It's better than uh, anything else, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful score. Uh, Hunter, your your overall thoughts on the movie? You've never seen it before. No, no, I don't even think I've ever even heard of this movie before. Yeah, I I, I read that it was the the only one of the animated things like released in theaters. Um, which makes sense. Like it's fucking amazing like it really is it's one of the best like animated movies i've ever seen in my life um and again like i love i love bruce wayne being in love yeah, i love that so much <laughs> um and i and that's like most in the movie which is like i don't know it's it's interesting seeing because you never really see him be like really truly in love you know, like you see flings and stuff like that. And I, I thought that that aspect of the movie was really interesting. And yeah, the overall, like the writing is great. How it looks is fantastic. Like I was worried that, because I mentioned how the show was very cinematic. Um, but I, I was worried that it was going to pull like an Adam West type deal where the movie's kind of the same. And it's like, it's not like it's it's its own thing, which is really exciting. No, absolutely. Um, it's uh, it's it's grander than than the show itself, uh, and it, and it's able to do more. 
It's it's got a little more leg room. It's grittier. Batman actually takes a beating. He bleeds. You see the effect of all these fights on him. People die in the film. You see them die. You see, like that. Uh, I'll, I I will never forget the first time I saw the um, the character played by Abe Bogota. He gets turned around in the chair. He's just got that big dead yeah. smile, oh God, yeah. rigor mortis mm. on his face. I remember that freaked me out when I saw it in the theaters. I was not okay. <laughs> And, but but I also at the same time was like that's so cool. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it, it does so much more with with everything than I think the show was allowed to do, especially exploring yeah. Batman actually trying to reason with himself mm-hmm. and decide: Can I do this? Can I be happy? And then begging his parents' grave, please let me have this. I mm-hmm. really need this now that now that mm-hmm. i've had it i can't live without it uh i think stacy keach performing the role of uh the voice of the phantasm mm-hmm. is iconic i love that voice mm-hmm. it's so spooky i yeah you know, i i love this movie this is this is probably how i would introduce people to the show actually mm-hmm. believe yeah. it or not because it's got everything you really need in in a batman animated series project you know it's got the Joker. It's got an insanely well-written script. It's got that heart-pounding score, which, again, I think is the best music that any Batman project has ever had attached to it. Mm. And it's it's everything great about how the animation and the cinematography has worked with this, uh, and the and the set design, all of it, all of it is, is amazing. Yeah, I um, uh, so I. I in the series so far, I've I've liked these Batman movies, but this is the first one I love. Uh, this movie's beautiful. I mean, the, you know, Hunter, we've we've talked about this, but this is the Batman content I want. This is the Batman story I love to see. Yep. This is it. I mean, this is Batman uh, to me. I mean, it, it says so much about Batman. You know, once again, putting the man back in Batman. It's it's great. It's uh, it's such a human story, and it's all about the the humanity of the characters uh you know that's what it's about i mean it's not even really about like oh let's stop this big thing from happening no it's much more personal than that and i i can't believe they released this in a way because like it's amazing how how much they put into 70 minutes and how they put into this animated movie that children can watch and and do you know uh it's wonderful um it's complex uh this is probably Kevin Conroy's best uh, performance as Batman. It has some of my favorite yes. Batman moments of all time in it. I'll agree to that. The romance, as you said, Hunter is is so beautiful, but also so so unbelievably sad uh, that it like once again I can't believe they made this because it's just so <laughs> like like it, it's yeah. it's so tragic, you know. But once again, as I mentioned in other episodes, like some of the best Batman stories don't end happily. And it's so funny that the one with maybe the darkest ending is the animated one, you know, cause once again, you know, uh, animation, uh, it's, it, they can, animation can tell beautiful, tragic stories. Uh, you know, you, you just got to look for them and th- this is it, you know, um, it, it says so much about Bruce Wayne, uh, the man, you know, why he does this. And, Obviously, he does this because he makes a promise and he starts to question that promise uh, so much throughout the movie. Um, 
he didn't count on being happy. And, and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, he's kind of, um, uh, haunted by his parents in a way that I've almost never seen before, you know, where it's like, you know, we, we see in a lot of other Batman stories, even in the show that like being Batman's great and I'm making my parents proud and, you know, and it's all good. You know, Batman being Batman, uh, is something that should happen. I, Bruce Wayne should be Batman. And this is like one of the only times where it's like, sure, he should be Batman and everything, but, but I don't know, like, does that make him happy? You know, or like, does he, should he be allowed to be happy ever? Or is this it? And, um, Andrea Beaumont, uh, is a wonderful romantic, uh, interest. She's probably my favorite romantic interest in any Batman movie. Yes, I, I, I agree. She's maybe the best character of the whole thing. She's so important to this. And, um, it's about, you know, and, and also there's this phantasm character. That's an original character that they made, you know, and it's all about mobsters and about yeah. personal grievances. And it's all about the Joker coming in randomly halfway through. And it's great. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, once again, he's funny. He's really scary. He kills people in this. And, and, you know, he doesn't do that in the show, obviously, because he, you know, he can't, but in the movie he can. And, and, but he's, once again, it's scary because he's this Looney Tune, Looney Tunes character. And then we see him like we see the aftermath of him killing someone yeah. and, and almost blowing the phantasm up, you know, while making a joke. But then this, this explosion happens and it's like, Oh, right. It, oh man. Like it, it takes you aback. And yeah, so perfect Batman stuff, perfect Joker stuff. And, and the twist, I, I have a question, Hunter. Did, did you, did you figure out who the phantasm was? No, dude, when the twist happened, I was like, Holy shit, this is not what I expected. Like at all, at all. I thought it was gonna be um what the fuck's the character's name? Um uh the the like con- not a congressman. What was he? He was the the councilman. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. The councilman. I thought it was gonna be him. I was like, and dude, throughout the whole movie, I was like, this movie they're gonna try to fool you, but it's this guy. And it wasn't, and it was a per- it was a perfect twist. It really was. But at the end, it's it's all about these two people uh, traumatized by their parents passing, and one person goes over the edge, and the other person doesn't. And the other person doesn't. Batman doesn't do that. But also, you know, he, he you know, he's going to do this for the rest of his life, and he might he may never be happy. And 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 is that worth it? You're left to think that it doesn't really tell you one way or the other it just tells you this is who batman is you know he he uh he experiences loss he feels so much even though in a lot of ways you know he in with that mask it seems like he oh no he's just stone cold you know he doesn't feel anything Mm -hmm. but especially in this movie we take off that mask and then when we put that mask on again if it, it it just feels different you, you you look at Batman so differently by the end of the movie, you know, he, you know, he's just doing his thing at the end, you know, uh, flying around, you know, uh, protecting the city, but it feels different now because now we know the man and it, it's just, it's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I was looking for the actual quote right now, but I can't, I can't seem to find it. But what Alfred said, it's like Andrea rides that, like yeah. you guys both ride that line and she just happened to cross it. 
and he he says something along the lines of like i worry about you crossing that line right yeah alfred is so good in this by the way Ooh, um he's so in a, a few um a scenes but it's so, it, they're so key where like yeah mm-hmm. at the end he's like i i were i i'm worried or i was worried that you would fall into the abyss you know you you ride that line every night but i think heaven that you never did and and that's exactly who batman is he you know he 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 never kills he doesn't cross that line because if he does he would be a walking contradiction uh because he made a promise so even though this movie ends very tragically it's also kind of saying that even though batman even though bruce wayne may never feel happiness in the way that normal people do his plight, his mission is still so worth it because it's bigger than himself. And and his mission wouldn't be very important if he was just killing people. You know, if he if he just turned out like Andrea and all these other people in Gotham, well, he would just be like everyone else. He just, you know, just people trapped. But in a way, because he represents the preservation of life, because he saves lives, he preserves lives. He'll never cross that line. He represents life. So, despite everything, perhaps it's still so worth it. Exactly. And what I found in this series, too, is that the relationship with Bruce Wayne and Alfred is so key. It's so key in Batman stuff. Like, it really is. Some of my favorite stuff that we've seen comes from Alfred and Bruce Wayne conversations, like, in the Batcave. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, the Phantasm's a great character um, based on a lesser known Batman villain from the comics, Batman Year One and Batman Year Two called the Reaper. So if you want to know more about where they were coming from with the Phantasm, definitely read those comics. Yeah. And I love uh, Dana Delaney mm-hmm. as Andrea. Oh, that voice. Mm-hmm. She, she's also Lois Lane in the Superman animated series. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's such a good performance because like he, once again, she's, she's not just like romance for romance sake. Like it, it, even if she wasn't the villain, it would be perfect because like it, it, it really like ties into the themes of just like, let allowing yourself to be happy and you know what that means. And, and obviously it's even better because she's actually the, the bad guy of the movie, but, um, you know, because she's a lot in a lot of ways like Batman, because she, she also, you know, uh, lost her mom in the beginning of the movie. And she talks to her grave with, in a really just like moving, but also really beautiful scene where they're both there, you know, talking to their, to their parents or, or to their loved ones. And, uh, th- that's how the, ro- the romance starts. It's, a, you know, uh, loss family. And, uh, and I love, you know, how witty she is, how sarcastic she is, but also that there, there's something underneath there that we don't quite know how to, you know, process yet until the end. Um, because we think like, oh, Phantasm might be her dad, but then we realize, oh, just like Bruce, you know, she, she because of her, because of uh, the loss of her dad, of her parents, she, she's become this way. And, and she even says like, you know, uh, halfway through the movie, like, you know, um, uh, the only person, you know, controlled by their parents is you, you know, and that's true. It's like, is he doing this just to do the right thing? Or is it, is it because he's haunted by his parents? He thinks it's a curse, you know, like he, he sees things where he's like, oh, like bats 
or, you know, like surrounding me after I proposed um, in this beautiful scene where like he, he doesn't quite know how to propose to her, but, she, you know, <laughs> but he's just like, I, I'm not good at this. Uh, and it's it's just like really moving. Oh, it's it's probably my favorite thing in the whole franchise. Like it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite Batman things ever. Uh, and and as you said, you know, him, uh, you know, uh, uh, pleading to his parents and and then she shows up and she's like, maybe they sent me to you, you know, and it's just beautiful. It's, just, it's there's so many good moments I could ramble for hours, but but uh, but yeah, it's a it's a, a beautiful movie about Batman, about what it means to to uh, to uh, experience loss, how to deal with it, uh, the right ways to do it, the wrong ways to do it. Uh, how to be a human being in general and open up yourself to, to someone, you know, if yeah. it, do, you, do you believe you deserve it? You know? Um, and, and, uh, and sometimes uh, you do, but it just doesn't work out or, or, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, it's, it's like you, you, you have to do what's right. Even if it doesn't quite make you happy. Uh, and, and it's just like, yeah, it's just a lot, man. It's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Well, Nick, you've put me in some, I I have tears now. I have tears. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's mask of the phantasm. Uh, so overall, uh, just very quickly, uh, this is some, some of my favorite Batman stuff. These episodes are great. The movie's great. Um, my definitive Batman right here, because not only is it cool and fun and entertaining, but it's about something bigger than yourself. It's about, it's remarkably human, uh, which is shocking, especially for the time, because like most children's cartoons were not like this at all. Mm -hmm. And now we see, you know, cartoons for kids go there, you know, and, and, and it's because of this in a lot of ways. Um, so it's it's transcendent stuff. I I I, I love uh, the the Batman animated series and this movie a lot. Yeah, um, I have to agree. I think. I mean, again, Michael Keaton is fucking great. Like, and I I love both those movies, and they hold they are they hold a very special place in my heart. I think. But this this just does everything that I want Batman to do. Like it, it deals with a lot of different like heavy topics and it's like Nick, I mean, Nick, you say it beautifully. It's like, it's larger than life and it's about, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's all beautiful. Nick, you put it in a way that I, I could never do. Um, yeah, it's the show's beautiful and like, I can't wait to watch more of it. Uh, and the movie is just fucking fantastic. It's a 10 out of 10. It really is. Oh yeah, uh, ten out of ten. Obviously, <laughs> it's one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. It's great. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, absolutely wonderful. Yeah, uh, I grew up with this show. It stands the test of time. It walked, so a lot of great projects now could run. Yeah, um, and it had the most positive ripple effect on so many things. Uh, there are echoes of it that will forever be in Batman projects and other superhero projects. Really, to uh, to continue on thank you guys so much for having me back of course sander thank you so yeah. much for being such a wonderful guest yeah i'm i'm happy that we could talk about something better than stripes 
<laughs> if, if I didn't say it already, this is my favorite Batman so far, and he probably will be for, for a bit anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, thanks again, Xander. Thank you guys for listening. This was our Batman animated series episode uh, in our mini series, NYC Actors Talk Batman. Uh, our show is called NYC Actors Talk Film. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're anywhere you listen to podcasts. We have a website. We have a YouTube channel. Thank you, Joey Dalton, for the incredible artwork. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening. <laughs> Who is that supposed to be? It's Tommy Lee Jones.